Right, we're talking about the death of digital uh, this week, uh, which is a big old topic, but we'll give it five minutes, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, prompted by a typically provocative uh, piece written by Professor Mark Ritson yeah. in, in Marketing Week, uh, where he calls for, really for the death of digital. And, you know, and what he's doing is, you know, he's, he's responding to the kind of gathering noise uh, which has been going on for some time, basically to say that digital has become a bit of a silo and that it's mm. in no one's interest for people to keep referring to, you know, digital marketing uh, and for people to call themselves digital marketers is actually yeah. not helpful and, and that we need to be thinking that marketing is marketing and it's empowered mm. and, and facilitated by digital. But it's a very good piece, which we'll, we'll link down below, but it's got us kind of thinking a little bit yeah. about, you know, in our view, right, digital marketing landscape and and how, how siloed or not it is yeah that's right and I mean you know we've kind of we've taken our observations from from not only looking at the agencies that that respond to our kind of pitch briefs but importantly looking at the organizational structures of many of our clients that are actually are considered to be quite progressive when it comes yeah. to uh, their own integrated kind of marketing operations. Uh, but the challenge that we've got in many cases is that the silos are so rigid, you know, the, the structural uh, operational uh, inflexibility of many marketing organizations just don't allow for this agility to happen very, very quickly. So it is very much a kind of a structural issue rather than simply kind of changing perhaps the title on a business card or, 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 or the title within an organization. It's yeah. far more inflexible than that in many cases that we've looked at. Yeah, uh, and that, 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 that is the big thing is that it's so structural. You know, the hypothesis that we were bounding around earlier was, was you know, our advertiser organizations siloed in around digital to reflect the marketplace, yeah. you know, or have agencies, for example, who themselves have become incredibly siloed, you know, and they, they make clear delineations, not just between digital people, but, you know, endless kind of sub brands within kind of media agency groups that are all kind of digital specialisms. It's highly fragmented out. Yeah. You know, is that, is that in response to the, the, the siloed structure of marketers. It's a bit chicken and egg. Yeah. I mean, our, our thoughts, you know, how we got here, uh, you know, has been kind of grow is, is evolved and grown kind of through scar tissue. I think, you know, just every shiny new thing has been a been an add-on, has been additive rather than yeah. integrated. And then, therefore, increasingly, the, the brief from the marketer these days that we see is help me integrate this stuff. Right? Come, That's right. come with a strategic solution which is agnostic of the tactics of digital, um, but uses the technology uh, and the data to, to provide uh, you know, a neutral perspective. And, and when we come to think about media planning, you know, use channels based on their ability to deliver a business outcome, uh, not just because it's digital, right? Which right. there's been some accusation placed on agencies as well the last few years that you know, digital has been much more lucrative financially for them mm. um, than so-called non-digital non channels. And so, and we've heard you know, historically agencies say, some sometimes some kind of strange things like we aspire that more than 50% of our revenues will come from digital media, um, which seems a little bit like cart before the horse without understanding what the actual client brief is. So That's right. the solution, I guess, is on the is on the client side, right on the advertiser side. 
Yeah, and it, and, it, and it has to be. I mean, many, many clients uh, ask their agencies to operationalize themselves in order perhaps to compensate for a, an inherent weakness or flaw within that client's organizations. And, yeah. and that's, that's, that's perfectly suitable. Um, but for, uh, for an agency to adapt itself uh, and and change the way that they internalize uh, kind of media uh, and whether they integrate better digital within kind of offline media channels and media planning it requires a mandate a very very clear scope of work a very clear requirement for an operational change on the agency side and what we do know is that you know uh, agencies are chameleons they're, they're brilliant at adapting themselves and developing and devising different operating models that fulfill different client requirements. Um, but the, the challenge has to come from the client side in order to get that change happening at the agency side. And, and often, you know, some clients are, are using the, the operationalizing of an integrated approach from the agencies as a catalyst for internal change, which is an equally effective uh, you know, method of, 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 of changing internally. Yeah. But it, so I agree. I mean, the change comes from the advertiser side, right, where the money flows. But you know, what we've seen is, you know, it's not it's not simple on the on the advertiser side. If anything, those silos are are much more rigid. You yeah. know, they're, they're much harder to overcome. You know, we speak to many media directors, you know, global or regional international international media directors who are the the leading executives in their entire organization when it comes mm. to media in the in the in theory in the kind of broadest possible sense but the scope of a, a media director has often been limited by this the, by the kind of tyranny of digital because yeah. you know they there are there are new st structures in place within a lot of client organizations where you know the media director is in somewhat in tension with like the chief digital officer yeah um, you know, we've we we see in lots and lots of businesses this tension between what's become known as the performance versus brand, which is, you know, what how should you support and invest in your brand versus, uh, you know, perf the performance side of the business, which is typically kind of considered the difference between digital and non non digital. But that's yeah. that's too clean a kind of uh, mm -hmm. too easy a, a delineation. You know, but the performance side often driving kind of e-commerce sales. Um, uh, or you know, lead generation or demand generation, I should say. And, um, and you know, that's a big right, tension, internally, isn't yeah. it? That, that still hasn't <laughs> hasn't been resolved. We've got media directors, you know, they're complaining that you know they they're head of media for their organisation, but they don't have responsibility over the company's relationships with Google and Facebook, for example. These yeah. kind of you know joint business partnerships mm. don't some don't have responsibility for programmatic buying, but yet they're the media director. Some don't have any interface with you know, first-party data, CRM systems, you know, these, these right. things have been heavily fragmented and siloed. Yeah. There's a risk that the media director is playing now playing a defensive role internally at a time when we actually you should really need them to be a, 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 a very vocal leader for a, for a much larger, broader view of, of yeah, absolutely digital media with a with a direct mandate from the CMO. And I mean, we found in some extreme cases that uh, you know, not only do the performance and the the brand teams have different reporting structures, they have different budgets, they have different they're set different KPIs, yeah. and sometimes they're actually located in different countries. 
let alone yeah. different kind of floors within the same kind of building. So those are those are you know profound kind of structural challenges that that uh, you know marketing organisations are having to to grapple with. Um, but it's but it's not helping. Um, uh, but I mean, in talking to all of our clients, you know that is so high on their kind of internal you know operational strategic agenda, working out how to align kind of performance, if you like, and and brand and and make them far more integrated with far more aligned kind of set of KPIs that that are ultimately both linked to driving business outcomes. And that's what you that's what you're looking for. But you're right. Yeah. I mean in some cases they are they are deeply challenged structurally. Yeah. And so so I mean this is the killer question then. So you know as a you know you're an ex media director of large yeah. EPG international businesses. Uh, you know if you were in that role as a global media director or international media director, you know, how do you start you know, what do you do? I mean, you've got to fight quite a few battles internally at the moment. So, you know, yeah. where, do you, where do you start to build the bridges? Because, as you say, this is deeply structural and it goes up very high in the organization. Well, you, you have to go to the key decision maker. So you have to go to the most empowered person within your organization. And in most cases, that would be the CMO. And, uh, and you know, you talk about a journey of transformation. Uh, you need to change, perhaps, internally the 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 distinct narrative between what brand does and and the the immediate ROI that that perhaps the performance team can illustrate and make sure that you're 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 talking together and you're aligning clear KPIs together and then getting the CMO to provide that mandate for internal change together it's about it's about collaborating we had the same challenge perhaps a while ago with procurement and and, and marketing being yeah. very se separated with with you know very distinct differing KPIs. Now I think I think we've made a, a significant step change in integrating those two functions together to be far more integrated. And I think the same journey needs to be done with you know perhaps the performance and, and the brand side when they are very separated. But that needs to come uh, with a mandate from one clear single voice and one clear single leader. And generally speaking, that would be the most senior marketeer in the organization. Yeah, agree. And the the you know where we've seen that start to happen. I mean, the structural change, you know, this, these kind of structural divides are still in place, but the, the this changing narrative of the CMO, mm. um, where you know, there seems to be a now a, a, a realization that the you know obsession with precision marketing has kind of gone too far, you know, mm. and you know you can. You can certainly customize messages on a one-to-one -one basis, and the, you know increasingly technology is going to allow you to make that a better experience. But when a CMO is also responsible for the 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 equity and the value of brands, yeah. there's a risk that that's been eroded by the obsession of precision marketing mm. because because the CMO hasn't instructed their organization to invest in brands. Yeah, and also as I guess we all kind of knew all the way along, but we maybe, you know, maybe we, we were too afraid to shout about it. Uh, I don't mean us, I just mean as an industry, yeah. <laughs> quite vocal about it. But uh, is it, you know, you, you can't build brands through, you know, mobile banner ads. You just, that's not yeah. how, it, that's not how it works. You know, you mm. can, can communicate messages um, on a direct one-to-one, -one, increasingly customized and relevant, and that's perfectly good. Um, but brands, you know, the brands are shared. You know, brands exist in the minds of consumers. Yeah. They build meaning on a mass scale. You know, to understand 
the value of a brand, I also need to know how other people feel about it. And that really helps me understand that brand better. So, and you cannot build that on a one-to-one -one precision basis. So there's, yeah. there's, there's a huge need. I think marketers and CMOs now seeing, you know, we're seeing CMOs kind of pulling back, scaling down some of their digital spend, reinvesting back into mass marketing, uh, but smart mass marketing, yeah. because they find value in long term in building building the brand. Um, and and, and, and this is where, and this is where their agency partners can invariably help. Um, you know, their understanding and knowledge of uh, you know how branding works, of how uh, you know the 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 targeting funnel operates, their understanding of how other brands have successfully managed this um, will help change that narrative internally. And, and, and so leaning heavily into kind of their trusted agency partners, both from a creative and also from a media uh, side, will, will invariably help provide a more robust business case for, for, for smarter, I think, media execution and media thinking. Yeah, I agree. Agree. It's the, it's the next phase of alignment, isn't it? As you say, I thought it was a nice, nice idea. You know, we we got marketing and procurement kind of collaborating better together now. We need to we need to uh, get into, uh, you know the, the media and digital kind of different silos now to to start aiming for higher goals, common KPIs. Yeah. Uh, right, before we do good week, bad week, uh, something we mentioned last week, we've done a couple of episodes actually now on kind of, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly of pitches. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll link to some above. You can see uh, last week's episode, we talked about what makes a great media pitch. We mentioned last week that we uh, were conducting some field research in the US. What we hadn't mentioned is that we're doing that in partnership with the four A's, uh, which is the US agency trade body, who very kindly kind of helped um, helped us shape a, a survey and distribute it across their membership. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be publishing the results, I think, towards the end of the summer. So it's still in field. If you are, uh, if you work at a media agency in the US uh, and you have a point of view on pitches, the idea is that we understand you know, really where the pain points are and how we can help to innovate pitches. And the idea mm -hmm. being is that better pitches is better for marketers. That's the ambition. So if you've got a point of view, we'll link down below. Um, you can access the survey. Please give us your thoughts. It'd be really helpful. And you'll help the whole industry um, improve pitches, both for agencies and for marketers. Yeah. Uh, right, mate. Good week for? Well, good week for Anheuser-Busch which is the world's largest uh, beer company, beer manufacturing company. And just in line with the kind of the topic that we were talking, they've, they've actually announced this week that they are uh, reorganizing their, their global marketing function. Yeah. And they are bringing marketing closer to their, essentially it's their innovations kitchen, this, this, uh, this, uh, this operation called ZX Ventures. Yeah. And this, this company uh, is responsible for, for bringing innovation under Anheuser-Busch into the marketplace. And what they've done is that they've brought the two organizations closer together, enabling yeah. them to scale innovation and keep on top of kind of consumer trends. So yeah. you know, we'll talk about you know, bringing, breaking silos, bringing integration, using marketing to sort of drive business growth. I think ABI are a, are a brilliant example of that. And, uh, and I wouldn't bet against this working really well for them. So that's, a, that's my, that's my uh, good week. Yeah, um, new, new breed CMO, a good template. Uh, bad week, four. Bad week four. What is it? It's you know we're in that uh, it's it's uh, 
half one results period really for well for a lot of companies obviously but we, you know when we look at the agency performances we've got q2 results in uh we won't dig too deep if, if they're that interesting we'll, we'll do an episode on it but uh generally uh publicist and omnicom showing uh pretty bleak you know small declines but declines in revenue uh across yeah. the first half of the year uh, ipg bucking a trend actually they're showing yeah. up five percent in terms of uh, revenue. In, interestingly, that it's in double digits in EMEA. I think they've done like twelve percent revenue growth in EMEA, so they've they've had a good. Uh, and I think you've got a conversation coming up, Media Snack Meet, somebody with Caroline Foster Kenny, who's absolutely uh, CEO. Yeah, of of EMEA. So they're obviously doing uh, doing well this year. Um, WPP results not in. They're due, they're normally due in August. We hear that they've been delayed, uh, and they'll be announcing those in September, which could be because they may be announcing a new CEO we hear. So uh, we'll, we'll look out for that. Uh, right, before we go, question of the week uh, is pretty easy. Should we drop digital from job titles? Yes, no, whatever. Excellent, okay, that's your media snack for this week. Uh, please subscribe to be updated with future episodes. Give us a thumbs up if you like what we're doing, but that's all for now. See you next time. <laughs>